Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Hello, and welcome to another Get With It podcast. Today, we are with the fabulous Cassandra Ferris. I've been tracking this lady down like, would not believe she's so busy. So... Cassandra, all we do is really chat. Okay. And um, you're a busy lady. So I want to hear all about it because crazy enough, you were in Louisville talking Mm -hmm. and I texted you. Yes. And I was in Louisville doing a project. That's right. You were. And I was coming back when you were coming. Yes. Yes. (laughs) To talk. You were doing a. You are with Vaco. You are working with um, Courtney, I think, with Vaco or Ashley. Um, I, I was doing remember. it with Chad Green, is the organizer of a conference called Code Palooza. Okay. Um, in Louisville, and he invited me down to speak at Louisville Tech Ladies. Oh, okay. And do a talk on personal branding and social media. And you've done that talk, right? Like I've seen this talk. Yeah, I did this talk at Get What It last year. Okay, perfect. Okay. It was great. My mom was there. <laughs> she just happened to be in town. And so she got to hear me talk about how I like to make friends with strangers from the internet. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure mom felt oh, yeah, real she loved good about it. that. She loved it. So at one point I was like, okay, mom, close your ears. We're going to talk about this next part. So Cassandra's big into the speaking. Mm-hmm. Does a lot of speaking around the country. Yes around like big time yes and then um and then what do you do like when you're not speaking um so now speaking is a big part of my day job um i work for a company called awh we do hardware and software consulting focusing on products that make people's lives better and by that i mean products that are a lot of times iot enabled medical devices or medical devices that incorporate machine learning so a lot of talk or a lot of projects that tie into a lot of my other passions around health and tech. Oh, okay. And my role, it's a new role. I was hired to be a product owner, and I did that for three weeks. <laughs> and then they put me into a role as an innovation and product evangelist, which my job is basically to bring together the community, people in the community, and our business. Okay. And find ways to collaborate and solve problems. So you work with community mm-hmm. to innovate new yep. products. Yep, um, and a lot of our pro- a lot of our clients are actually startups. Some oh, that okay. are out here at Rev One, some nonprofits, some healthcare as well. And one of the things that I'm going to start doing is doing talks on some of those. those oh, that's projects. exciting! Um, like I have a talk that I'm working on writing now that's going to be on IoT products that make people's lives better. So a lot of times the IoT talks that are out there are about fun stuff like um, smart homes and light bulbs and thermostats and things. And some of the things that we're doing are sensors that tie into an exercise machine that then tie into an app that allow people to have more effective physical rehabilitation. Oh. Um, we've worked on an iOS app that uses machine learning that, and it helps it, it tracks kind of the vocal patterns of teenage therapy patients and identifies whether or not they're at a suicide risk. So a few of these types of topics are what I'm going to be talking about. Okay, so this, we didn't discuss this beforehand. So 
I am curious because we have a lot of people that listen that um, I hear from them that they're always hesitant about speaking. So you're like the expert speaker. So tell us, which I just dropped the bomb on her too, that she was speaking on September 30. (laughs) So, um, so how did you, okay. How did it start? How did it start? Okay. This is cool. Cause I just kind of wanted to talk about some meetups and community. It started as when I was new to tech, I was a recruiter and I didn't know a whole lot about technology and several friends were like, don't be the dumb recruiter. Oh God. <laughs> know that Java and JavaScript are two different things. And at the time, cloud computing was a newer technology. And so I'm like, what's this cloud all about? I started going to the cloud computing meetup just to learn more about cloud computing. And then that turned into helping organize a cloud computing conference that we ran for a few years called Cloud Develop. And then alongside that, I started doing marketing and then was president of a conference called DogfoodCon that was focused on initially on Microsoft tools and technologies. And then it became Microsoft and open source and kind of just how are people dogfooding, which for those not familiar is a term for basically using your own products. It's about people dogfooding their products. And somewhere in the midst of attending all these meetups and conferences and things, I started to think that I had ways that I could give back and I had things I could teach the developers. I would listen to, like one of the, one of the common themes, my first talk ever was called, It's Okay to Talk to Strangers. <laughs> it was horrible. I read my notes, <laughs> but I polished it and did it more over time. Um, so that's one thing, like your first talk's probably not going to be your greatest. That's okay. Don't give up. But what I did is I had been listening and a lot of developers were talking about how do I build a network? How do I get involved in this community? I met this person at an, at an event. How do I stay in touch with them? So I put together a talk around the process of professional networking and had planned to start doing that at meetups because I always advise people when they start speaking to start with meetups. It's a smaller local audience. Everybody's friendlier. Sometimes you don't even have to do a full 40-minute talk. And then I submitted it somewhat on a whim to CodeMash conference. I, I guess not on a whim, but I submitted it hoping that I would at least get it out there and get my first conference submission How out many of the people way. code a code mesh? 2,500. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so I'll never forget the moment I was accepted. I was standing at Dog Food Con, <laughs> and I saw a tweet come through. One of my friends had tweeted at me, congratulations on getting accepted at Dog Food Con. And I looked at my phone, and I said some words that aren't safe for work. <laughs> and then I'm like, what am I doing speaking at CodeMash? But I put together the talk. I did it. I had a lot of support. And from there, it kind of snowballed, and I've started to think about what else do I know that I can share with, with developers. So what I've kind of the overarching theme of what I do is the human side of tech. So how do we, as technical professionals, communicate more effectively be happier in our work, be healthier in our lives, those sorts of areas. And then you had a talk on that. Yes, I did. <laughs> I talk called about health as our most important tool. And that talk's been done, I did it in, it was the opening keynote of Full Stack Toronto in 2017, and it's been done several times locally. It is a very hard talk to do, especially as kind of things in my life have evolved. It's become... When I started, it was a little bit more lighthearted because it was just about my struggles with ADHD. And then I went through this scenario where I was struggling with new anxiety and depression diagnosis. And so 
at one point I put the talk on a shelf and didn't do it because I needed to kind of get myself healed and get myself better before I could speak about it openly. And then when I came back to doing the talk, I had a very challenging year last year. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and so last year was a bad country song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. But as I came, when I started bringing that talk back last, last summer, the tone had changed a little bit more and it became a little bit more real and a little bit more raw. And I found that by doing that, it's actually opened up a lot of really good conversations during and after the, the talk. Well, that's great. That's great. So when you go, when you give a talk, like you said, you put it up on the shelf. Mm-hmm. How many times have you like gone back to one of your like original? I will redo my talk several times, partially okay. because human skills talks apply to a number of different communities. And partially because I keep finding new places to do them. And the talks, some of the talks evolve more than others, but they tend to evolve. Um, so, like, I've done some of my talks a dozen times. The One of the stats that I've been quoted about talk prep, and this is pretty accurate from Hive Tracta, is for every hour-long conference talk, you're looking at 40 hours of prep time. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm putting 40 hours into preparing a talk, I would like to be able to do it more than once. Right. And I, my very first talk, kind of my process was, fortunately, I had friends who'd done it, who could help me with it. But one of the things I did is I kept a spreadsheet of how long I spent building out the talk. And I did that for probably three or four of my talks, and that about 40 hours is Okay, accurate. so how did you, like, how did you come up with some of these ideas to talk about? Because you, you know how it is. When you submit a talk, you kind of have to have that flashy yeah. title for people to go like, ooh, what's that? Um, I have a minor in marketing, so oh, well, I, I can usually figure out titles. Um, the ideas come from a lot of times a talk will give birth to another talk. So I did a talk called Job Search Questions You're Afraid to Ask, which I then changed the title to Career Growth Questions because people didn't want to tell their bosses they were going to a job search talk. And during that talk, I talk about evaluating your benefits, and your benefits are part of your compensation package. And I make a brief mention of the prevalence of mental illness and how that might be something that you need to make sure is covered. It's maybe three slides of a 50-slide talk. And that was the one piece of the talk that a lot of people came up to me the most and said, hey, I'm so glad you mentioned this. It was just a brief passing, but thank you for bringing this out in the open. And then the year I gave that talk at CodeMash, people were coming up to me the whole rest of the conference just saying, thank you for even mentioning the word mental illness. And so... There seemed to be enough interest for it that I built that talk out. Okay. Um, another one was the personal branding talk was based on a lot of, again, just listening to like hallway conversations, listening to common conversations in speaker rooms, on you know developer Twitter, and a lot of people were just trying to figure out, well, it's so overwhelming to build a personal brand. I have to blog and Instagram and Facebook and everything, and I'm like, well you know, maybe I can put a talk on it and I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tiring. It's so tiring. Yup. So sometimes they come from like common themes I pick up in conversations. Sometimes they're something we want to share. Like the IOT talk is a project I want to share about the concepting a project workshop is something that I want to just do a talk about, um, kind of share that's valuable. So it depends. I'm in the back of my mind, I have a talk building up on failure and vulnerability in the workplace and how that can be powerful. And then um, in addition to the IoT talk, I'll probably be doing one on 
how technologists can explain their value to the business. Okay, so um, I find it I, I find it very interesting because you are like the epitome of what our f- like females will say. I want to give a co- talk, but I'm so nervous, and I'll be like, "Oh, you should go see Cassandra." <laughs> I will happily help with that. (laughs) She knows what she's doing. So how do you, okay, so you get like the subject matter and then how do you build that out? Like where do you take it where you're keeping the audience engaged? Okay, so well, and deciding subject matter comes from a few different places. It's stuff, sometimes it's a trend or something you're identifying. Be technical or not. You know, you hear a lot of buzz about some upcoming JavaScript framework because there's always one of those. Right. <laughs> Maybe you make a talk on it. So you pick something that you know or something that you want to learn about because you don't have to be an expert to give a talk. You just need to be passionate about it and be able to speak to it intelligently. So it's kind of what you do first is you figure out what it is that you'd like to give a talk about. And so a friend of mine, Justin James, is he does a speaker training called let your nerd be heard and he actually time boxed the process of building out a talk oh, really yeah I'm, I'm going through this training right now because <laughs> you always want to be working on this but you basically spend you know spend I think it's like 10 minutes and make a list of like 10 things you would like to maybe give a talk about then prioritize those and then whichever the top one is that catches your eye spend another 10 minutes just brainstorming everything you can think about about that topic so just kind of a brain dump and you can do it on a notepad, you can mind map it, whatever. I just generally do an outline. But I want to talk about mental health. Okay, well, I don't want to talk about just mental health because you can't separate it from physical. That's a big topic. How do I narrow it down? Well, I'll focus on these three er- areas of physical health, how they compare to mental health, and talk about treatments. So you kind of just brainstorm what it is that you'd like to talk about. And once you have this outline or list or mind map, that's where your abstract comes from. And the abstract is basically the title of your talk and then a one-paragraph description of what it is that you want to speak on. So that's how that process all starts, is it's like writing, it's kind of like writing anything else, really. You build out your structure and then you make it into a paragraph. The One of the biggest pieces of advice I give people, because other people have given it to me, is that when you have a new abstract or a new talk idea, send it out to people that you know who are speakers or speakers that seem friendly and approachable, and I will happily look over abstracts for people. Send them out and get feedback from other people because a lot of times people who are speaking are also conference organizers. Mm-hmm. So we can give you feedback on what would be a good topic or how to make an abstract be a little bit zingier, I guess. Yeah, that's important. I know that um, last year Dan and I sat through... A couple of presentations, a um, couple of talks to give feedback on mm-hmm. the engagement level and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's really, you have to be open to that, though. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. yes. Like, yeah. Yep. It, it can be hard. It can be hard. You have to not take it personally mm-hmm. that somebody says, hey, this, you know, this sounds like a great talk, but I don't know what I'm going to learn from it is a piece of feedback. I got one from one of my abstracts. I'm like, well. He's not criticizing me. He's criticizing the content and telling me how to make it better. Right. Because then he followed it up with, I don't know what I'm going to learn from this. If you're doing this type of talk, make sure you have a more firm takeaway, which is one of the things on the human skills talks. So that's kind of how the process starts. From there, you have a couple different places that you can get started speaking. Meetups are great, again, because they're local. Mm -hmm. 
I know for a fact that there are several meetups in town that are looking for speakers right now. We have the Data on Brew Crew, which is focused on data. That's one that AWH has actually recently started. But it's focused on different topics around data, and so we're looking for people to give talks about how they've done interesting things with data to solve their problems at work. There's another newer meetup called Tech EI. It's Emotional Intelligence and Tech. And that organizer is looking for a number of different topics. And so I've been trying to help identify speakers for a couple of these meetups. But meetups are always looking for speakers. And so that's a nice place to get mm -hmm. started. It's, it's local. It's friendly. Yeah. It's, I mean, you have maybe 30 to 60-ish yeah. yeah. people. Sometimes only 10. Yeah. But you're at least out there. Yeah. And it's it's been interesting. Last year, I didn't do a lot of meetups. I did a lot of traveling all over to speak. And this year I'm doing a fair bit of travel speaking, but I'm also doing several things here in Columbus and then in you know Cleveland, Cincy, Louisville. And I've noticed that one kind of nice difference between the conferences and the meetups is the meetups, you might have a smaller crowd. You might only have 10 or 15 people, but you tend to have some really good conversations before and afterwards. Yeah. Um, like when I did personal branding at Louisville Tech Ladies, the talk was 45 minutes and everybody was sitting there for another 40 minutes just Q&A's quickly became a guided discussion where everybody was giving advice and ideas, and I basically, at that point, stood back and kind of facilitated a conversation. And I don't think you get that as much at conference talks, because at a conference talk, your talk ends and you want to run off to the next session. Right. I so, agree with that. Yep. Yeah. And meetups, I mean, normally, we're, are after work, mm -hmm. so you can plan a little bit better yep. of the time and use that networking before and after because they always seem to have before yeah. and after yep so and um, it, you don't have to make especially if you're like a busy working parent looking outside of the home parent you you don't have to necessarily when you get started plan for oh, i'm going to travel and be gone at this conference right. for four days you can do your meetup for a couple hours after work and then go home then if you like it then maybe start trying to do a little bit more so you mentioned the one the what is it the data data brew crew brew crew mm -hmm. And that's a new meetup, you said? New meetup, yep. And that meets on which? It meets the fourth Tuesday of the month. Okay. And okay. I think we are on, it'll be like our, it's been going on less than a year. Oh, so it's fairly new. Yeah, so it's new. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then meetups, if you want to, so we're going to, we're going to pimp you out now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have people who want to explore more into either the meetup community or how to get involved in the meetup community, mm -hmm. like doing talks and stuff. So if they want to talk to you, where do they, where should they? If you're on Twitter, that's the best way to find me. Okay. Um, Twitter, I'm at Cassandra Ferris, but LinkedIn is probably your other good way to get a hold of me. Okay. And when it comes to meetups, a lot of the meetup organizers, we all know each other because we're always trying to help each other get people together and find speakers for each other and that sort of thing. So if there's a meetup you're interested in attending and you need a buddy, if I'm available, <laughs> I can go be your buddy. I can introduce you to the speakers. But there are also, once you've been going to a meetup several times, you start to get to know who the organizers are. And at that point, if you're comfortable, go up to the organizer and say, hey, I'm you know interested in maybe speaking. What would you want if I was to do a talk? I think meetups are the best way in the community really to not only build up your network, but to mm -hmm. reach out to other people. And like you said, the the talk, good, good starting 
point, definitely. Yep. And one like really easy, not easy, I guess, but one nice way to get started is to do what's called a lightning talk. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a little late for this right now, but I know this month uh, the .NET developers group is doing lightning talks. I don't know if they still have spots open. Several other meetups do lightning talks every few months, and basically what that is is it's a 15-minute talk. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be on anything technical. I once saw a lightning talk on building an artificial pancreas. At the same event, somebody else uh, <laughs> gave a lightning talk on applying false eyelashes. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. I've seen lightning talks on fermentation, lightning Shoot. talks about all sorts of different things. Like 3D printing of your pancreas? No, like she built out a pancreas using, I think it was an Arduino. Oh, my God. Raspberry Pi. Her name's Sarah Withy. You should bring her on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So that was, that, that can be another way to get started, just being comfortable in front of a room. Um, okay, so that's the big question yeah. people ask. What it's like to get in front of all those people. So you've spoken, you've spoken, you've spoken <laughs> at Get With It conference. Mm -hmm. Gosh, this will be your third year, right? Yeah. So the second year we were at the Fawcett Center, you were on the main stage. And I was freaked out because it was a big <laughs> stage. It was in front of 500. It was 500 yeah. seats in that auditorium. And you can't see people's faces nope. if you're on a stage. <laughs> and I'm used to like watching my audience's reaction. So how, I mean, that's like a big. It was a big one. It was a big one. It was. So I, I guess I'm kind of lucky in that I'm not shy in front of people. I was in, I was on the flag court, marching band, and I was on debate, speech and debate team. So I was used to being up in front of people talking in front of rooms and I think that that made the speaking the standing up in the room in front of the room part isn't what was scary to me what was scary was the imposter syndrome aspects of it I was a female or I am a female and I was a recruiter speaking at a developer conference and developers don't always like recruiters <laughs> because there are a lot of good ones and also a lot of bad ones that's true and so for a long, long time, I had this sense in the back of my mind that I don't belong here. What am I doing here? They made a mistake. And the best thing that happened was just kind of people reminded me of things like the minute you're behind the podium, you are automatically the expert, whether or not you are. And everybody in that room wants you to succeed. I've not really had hecklers. I've not really had people take issue. And I've not really had many people say, oh, no, we don't, you know, we don't think Cassandra belongs here because she's a recruiter. The worst that happens is people get up and walk out, and that's generally because the session isn't for them. And you quickly learn to, to not watch that. But it, it's like anything else. It takes time. It takes practice. Um, some of the tricks I learned, I took a speaker workshop years ago from a speaker out of Seattle, super awesome guy named Josh Holmes. He talked a lot about body language when you're doing a talk. So I used to have a habit of standing with my legs crossed. He's like, don't do that. It shows you're closed <laughs> off. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, stand with your legs firmly planted, kind of parallel. He talked about when and how to move, and then he talked about the best tip he gave me was take your nerves and turn, like, channel that into excitement, which sounds kind of hokey, but... No. I, I get those butterflies in my stomach, and I'm a nervous wreck, and I'm like, no, I'm excited. And it, it gives bitter energy to your talk. Wow, that's some good advice. I should remember that for this podcast. <laughs> Oh, you're doing great, though. 
You seem really, super comfortable. Oh, I am. Um, there's really nobody. Yeah. I mean, we go on video. People listen to me. Either they like me or they don't, right? So. Well, that's, that is a, an important thing, though. Either they like you or they don't. And if they don't, right. there are speakers that I love and speakers that I don't want to see again. And that's okay because everybody doesn't have to like the same thing. That's right. That's right. So I will say your sessions bring in a lot of people. Like, they can connect to you. Yeah. And that's that's very important. Yes. So. That's been a change, though, because especially since the stuff I talk on is people-focused, they don't tend to draw as big of a crowd. And so I had to understand that sometimes there might be 150 people in the room next to me and 50 people in my session. And that's okay because the 50 people in my session were the 50 people who needed to be there. Right. And I was going to give them some value. And it, But they connected. Yes. They connect with you. So so you did the recruiting gig mm -hmm. and now you're well, uh, you're do, like this like world traveler speaker. We'll just call <laughs> you a world traveler. I an evangelist people, at AWH. I, <laughs> I give people names. Like okay. um Kevin Croxall, mm -hmm. he um works as a data scientist and I call him the astronaut. Okay. So he's like, I'm not an astronaut. I'm like, you're an astronaut. Okay. So, <laughs> so Cassandra's off jet setting the world with talks and working for AWH. AWH. And now in your role currently is a lot of, you said a lot of community yes. involvement. Mm -hmm. So how do you, we're kind of shifting gears here, but how do you, uh, how do you get in that community involved? Like, how do, how does that work? So, okay, it wouldn't be a Cassandra thing if I didn't talk about communities. Um, <laughs> this job was new to me. It falls under this umbrella of what's called developer relations, and it's basically businesses and communities and developers, technical people all talking to each other. So how does that look day-to-day? Is that where you're going? Like, yeah. Day -to -day? Like, well, day-to-day uh, -day is different. <laughs> the last week and this week are pretty heavy writing because I have a, an Ignite talk I'm doing coming up and a facilitated discussion and then a talk I'm giving next week. So last week and this week is just a lot of writing and content creation. Next week I'll be traveling to Kansas City Developer Conference to give a talk and then an Ignite talk. And then... The following week, I don't remember, but it's it every week kind of changes. So one of the things I did was I reached out to my friends in DevRel within a day of finding out I was getting this job and said, hey, what are your time management tips? And everybody said, well, you just kind of have to prioritize. And a lot of it's actually deadline driven. Okay. So I know Ignite Talk needs to be done before discussion guide needs to be done before whatever. So there's a lot of that. The other thing that I do is internally within AWH, especially on Slack, as people tell me they're interested in doing a talk, or not even doing a talk, they're looking for a meetup to attend. I make sure people know what meetups are available. Even more, just four hours ago today, I was at, I'm on the advisory board of Perscalis, which is a nonprofit that gives people IT training. We love Tony. Yeah, she's <laughs> awesome. I love Tony too. I was at her birthday party uh, last week. Oh, that looked like it was fun. I saw oh, the pictures. Oh, God. You know Tony. She, She's awesome. She knows how to have a good time. <laughs> yep. Yes, she does. Yeah. Um, but two of the we were doing practice interviews, and two of the people at Perscalis were asking about what can they get involved with once they finish Perscalis. And the one guy was really into data, and I was like, well, you want Professional Association for SQL Server, which is CBUS Pass is their abbreviation. I said, and you want Data Brew Crew. Those are your data meetups. Go check those out. Somebody else was interested in security. I said, you want OWASP with Connie Matthews? Oh, yeah. 
Love Connie. She said she was on this podcast. So <laughs> she was. <laughs> yep. She's awesome. So I said, you want OWASP. So that's kind of what I do too, is kind of what organization, group, meetup, nonprofit conference makes sense for somebody when they're looking for a place to go looking for a home. And the cool thing about it is for as nervous as I get about even walking into a new meetup to this day, everybody in the Midwestern tech community is so friendly and so welcoming. It's a small world as Uh (laughs) we keep saying the same names, (laughs) but everybody's really welcome. And especially if you're somebody who is underrepresented in tech in some way, it seems like there's an extra level of welcoming to it. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's a change. It wasn't, I've seen more welcoming and felt more welcome at meetups in the past few years than I did when I first started this. How long have you been in this IT world? About nine years. Okay. Okay. So you've seen it evolve. Yeah. I've seen it evolve quite a bit. Like I remember early on, there were days when I would go to a meetup and there would be 50 people there and I would be the only woman. And I don't remember the last time I was the only woman at an event. That's great. It is. I mean, it's still a low, <laughs> it's low it's number, better. but it's better, it's better that you're not the only one. Yeah. So. And I, part of that has been, if you are a woman who's in kind of a more leadership or more visible position, and there are other women who are interested in tech and in getting involved, I feel like you should help them along. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a woman in her early 20s based out of Cincinnati. She spoke at Dog Food Con. And I've been kind of encouraging her to speak at other stuff because we want more people right. involved in, you know, we want more representation. And so if I can help let her know about calls for speakers that are open or let her know about speaking opportunities at meetups and stuff, I feel like that's something I can do. And it's, you know, one person here and there, mm-hmm. but that's a ripple and it, it starts to spread. Right. Because now two years from now, she'll probably find somebody else that she helps find a talk and it goes You're doing there. the greater good. Oh, we're getting the... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hitting puppy curfew. Puppy curfew. <laughs> puppy curfews. You have the two... Just one? Just one. Just one. Yeah, Katie, Katie. Corgi. Yes. Katie Corgi. I see I see her on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yes. She She's went to work cute. with me last week. I saw. And she tried to climb on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> How old is she? 11 months. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's still puppy. Yeah. I have a nine-month-old and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah, their puppies are high energy. <laughs> they are. They are. But then one of the AWH principals came by and was petting her. So I'm like, all right, we're good. <laughs> we're, we're starting to occasionally have dogs in the office. Oh, okay. I think it's an so, experiment into. That's good. Get that, that going. There's a lot of studies done about how dogs reduce stress in the workplace. Really? Mm-hmm. We've so. had a dog on the podcast. Which dog? Uh, Chris Volpe, he has this tiny little dog named Baby, Baby Girl, Baby Girl, and um, I was, I, he was real chill, I was like, oh my god, what if he pees on Darren's, like, (laughs) (laughs) that is the fear, like, please Katie, don't pee on the carpet, (laughs) exactly, it was like this little, tiny little thing, and I was like, oh my god, and I kept telling him, Chris, like, if this dog pees anywhere, you're cleaning it up, Mm -hmm. and he laughed, he's like, she won't, and I was like, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we've had a dog. Baby girl. Yeah. I follow baby girl now after that, too. She has her own Twitter. I think Katie Corgi's going to have to follow her if she's on Instagram. Yeah, she, yeah. Look up baby girl. All right. Yeah. I will do that. Baby girl, I think, is the name of it. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you're going to be speaking Mm -hmm. at Get With It. What else do you want to plug? This is your time to plug. What else? 
a lot to plug. I mean, Doug, the, the, the meetups, yeah. the Data Brew Crew meetup, come join us for that if you're interested in speaking, especially if you have a compelling story to tell about what you've been doing with data. We are going to be re reinvigorating something called Product Camp as well, which will be focused on basically product, something that um, Ryan Frederick, one of my, actually my boss. Ryan Frederick and Brett Buchanan and, um, yes. yes, Product Camp. Yes. Yep, I know all about it. Yep, so I'll be getting somewhat involved with that. I need you to go into the office tomorrow mm -hmm. and go up to Ryan Frederick and call him the Silver Fox. <laughs> Everybody calls him the Silver Fox. <laughs> Remember we had Ryan on the podcast? That's funny. He did say he was on this podcast. Yeah. So now every time yeah. I see him, I'm like, hey, yep. Silver Fox. Yep. Yes. So I think those are the big things. And then once kind of some of the conference stuff settles down in October, I think it'll be just starting to build talks for next year. That's great. That's great. Well, AWH. I'll support anything with yeah. AWH. My I'm boy, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think who is. Not, there aren't a lot of open calls for speakers. Like the next big one is going to be Code Mash in August. They're call for speakers. Okay. But I'm going to miss Code Mash because I'm going to be in Antarctica. <laughs> Who goes to Antarctica? Is this a vacation? No, it's a conference called Antarctica. In Antarctica? It's, in a, it's on a cruise ship through South America and Antarctica. And the conference happens the days we're in Antarctic waters. And the shtick was anybody who submits a talk could speak. So I'm calling it Speaker Study Abroad because for two weeks we're going to be on a boat. What if exploring. you don't? Oh, really? Yeah. Darren, we should go. We should go. It's going to be like study abroad for speakers. Wow. We should go. Why aren't you looking these things up? And there are like <laughs> five or six at least people from the Midwest that are going to this thing. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Antarctica seems cold. Yeah. But this Midwest tech community has an, a reach. Like my Facebook feeds constantly different speaker friends all over the world. And we're all from Ohio and Michigan and Kansas City. And you're all going like to Antarctica. Some of us are. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear about this. Yeah. That'll be an adventure. Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess that'd be the other thing to plug is I know we're in the Midwest, but this, anytime I go out of the Midwest, like I was speaking in Virginia Beach, I spoke in Alabama last year. I spoke in Seattle last year. Everybody's like, what is happening in Ohio? What is happening in Columbus? I'm like, we're well, the new Silicon Valley. Yeah. We have 14 tech conferences a year as a start. Mm -hmm. Meetups all the time. It's just, it's a, I think what it is, is it. Our Midwestern friendliness is married with this passion for technology, and it makes for this really collaborative community. Yeah, I've had a lot of people recently tell me that they, um, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, is like the affordable Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it's like is. where everybody's coming. Yeah. And people are nicer here. I've had people tell me they moved here from Silicon Valley or from the East Coast because they're like, I can make friends here. Right. People will smile at me at the store. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. We're welcoming. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Well, we're going to see Cassandra. Darren's going to get her at the conference, the Get Wet at conference on September 30th. Mm -hmm. And Darren, when does this air? I always have to ask. I never know. I'll tweet it out when it airs. <laughs> August, August 5th. 5th. Okay. 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 Cool. So I will be at Wisconsin. For okay. Well, so you'll know because yeah. it will go on LinkedIn and I'll, I'll let you know. Yep. And then um, you'll be back for September 30th. Mm -hmm. And then um, if anybody wants to reach out to you, LinkedIn or Twitter. LinkedIn or Twitter. It's the best way, yeah. especially if they're interested in maybe finding a mentor for speaking. Yes. I am glad to at least like, I guess I can't like, fully commit to mentoring people, but I'm glad to look over abstracts. I'm glad 
to bounce ideas off of you. Um, I do this all the time for people, so just reach out to me. If it's a topic that's kind of more technical or outside of my comfort zone, I know people that I can send you to. Oh, so you got the connection. So I can put you in touch. And like I said, especially if we're, you're from an underrepresented group, there are a lot of allies and a lot of us who are underrepresented that want to bring more people into the speaker fold. Okay. Well, perfect. All right. Am I good? I got to always make sure with Darren. So, well, thank you for coming on. I'm super excited. I'm already taking my headphones off already. She's ready to do (laughs) What did we got? Um, Somebody, Angie Bucciolini, I like to call her, um, said we look like we're (laughs) airline pilots. We're about landing the plane. Um, So, but we will have to hook back up because I want to hear about Antarctica. Don't you? Like Darren's like, yeah, I do. (laughs) I think they're still looking for speakers. I think there's still a couple spots open. Darren, we could go do like a podcast. You could. We could. You could do a talk on being a podcaster. I could. I could. You could do a compelling talk on your story going from what you did before to what you do now. That's a talk. It is a talk. It is a talk. It's a tough one to have, though. But it is a talk. So it is. So, all right. Well, thank you so much and have fun. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.